have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be discussing 90 Day OG. So, um, just to preface, might be running a little late with episodes, but try to get them out as quickly as possible. Um... It's just one of those weeks, unfortunately. Schedules have changed a little bit. Um, so we're probably going to be about maybe about a day late on some of the episodes, but you will be getting the Sister Wives episode fairly soon, as well as I do have a Blow Deck episode for this week. And I'm going to be working on getting Golden Bachelor to you guys. Um, I might be doubling up this this time with the episode, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and I know I've been behind on Bachelor in Paradise, but eventually we'll get there. <laughs> eventually we'll get there. Um, also, just a quick announcement. We have um, Selling Sunset coming this Friday. Again, we'll be getting them out kind of just back to back as much as possible. Um, we probably will be doing um, probably two to three an episode depending um so yeah that's well be coming so you probably will get those starting next week um hopefully <laughs> but i should be able to start recording that by the weekend so we'll see how that goes and next week Family Chantel, which I am so excited for, is starting on Monday. It's replacing the last resort. Um, so I'm excited for it. And oh, yes, and you will also be getting the third episode of F Boy Island fairly soon as well. And I'll be working on the fourth one. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying it so far, actually. So that's good. Um, so that's basically it for. Um, any announcements? Oh, actually, 
scratch that. I have one more announcement, just quick announcement. I have started a Twitter X, whatever. Um, I'll be including that in the show notes as well as at the end of um, the episode like I normally do in the outro for all of our stuff. Um, but I can tell you now where you can find us, which is at reality times two pod. So that's times with X, not spelled out. Um, but again, that will be in our show notes as well as, um, I will have a link on our website as well for that. So you'll have all of that information very soon. Um, so that's that. Um, Basically, what I guess what you would expect on the Twitter account is probably me uploading episodes. I'm not sure if I'll be uploading any memes on Twitter. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, maybe I will. We'll see. Um, but I have to figure out Twitter. It's been quite some time since I've used, uh, Twitter. Um, you know, about about 10 years now. So be patient with me. Um, so yeah, that's basically what you can expect on a Twitter account. And that's it. so that is now the end of all the announcements. So let's move on to hot goss. So I do have a couple of things. I do have some stuff coming in a little bit, probably in future episodes as well. I have a few articles to go through, but um, the hot goss here might be a tad long, so I'll include timestamps for one thing in particular. Um, so that if you don't give a shit and you want to bypass it and go straight to the episode, you can. Um, and uh, or yeah, skip to the memes or whatever the case may be. It's um, it'll be there, and uh, so yeah, you can skip right past this if you want to. Um. So, Love is Blind UK is on the way. I'm super excited and we probably will cover this. Um, so who is expected to host Love is Blind? Someone named or two people named Matt and Emma Willis. Never heard of them. I don't know who they are. They don't look familiar to me whatsoever, but Nonetheless, that will be who we will see. But Matthew Willis, or Matt, I don't know what he goes by, Matt Willis, he commented on this and said that, uh, quote, I'm so excited to be presenting the UK version of Love is Blind with Emma. We love the show. It's been such a dream working together and fascinating to watch the process unfold. Experiencing this new project side by side has been really amazing and I can't wait for people to come on this journey with us. Emma, who is his wife, I guess, um, she made a comment as well and she said, and I quote, I love to play matchmaker with my friends and love, love. So I am so excited to be co-hosting the first ever UK version of Love is Blind. I'm intrigued to see people connect on a purely emotional and mental level right off the bat without visuals playing a part. Plus, you're getting double Willis. 
I've loved going to work with Matt and we're both obsessed with the show. So it seems like the perfect opportunity. So when can we expect Love is Blind UK? Um, There's not a, you know, set date yet, but apparently Netflix has promised that we could see this in 2024, that filming uh, took place sometime in 2023. So it's looking good. So that's basically that. So I will definitely keep a lookout for it and we probably would cover it. Um, maybe on a different level just because it is technically a brand new show. Um, so we will see how it goes. We'll, you know, so it might be covered a little different. Um, so we'll see. Um, Sharon has been notified <laughs> of this coming. So we'll see if we can include her on uh, future episodes for Love is Blind as well. Uh, UK. Um, so that's that. The next thing, so this is going to be a little longer, just kind of why I said I would put some timestamps in here, um, for in particular for, for this, is Uche, since we're all in Love is Blind trope here, has done an, uh, an interview with Entertainment uh, Weekly about his experience on Love is Blind. So I did think some of this was fairly interesting. Um, I still don't know how I feel about him. This doesn't change my views really, but it does kind of open my eyes a little bit to maybe uh, his side of things and what um, what could be going on here. And I do wonder if some of this is true. We'll get into it in a second. Does this change my perception of him? No. I still think he's garbage, but let's go into it. So we have question, answer. All of this is quotes, <laughs> basically. So interviewer asks him, why did you decline to participate in the reunion? That's an important question. Uche says that unfortunately he was it was a scheduling conflict. Don't fucking buy it. I had a really good business opportunity that I couldn't pass up, and I chose to pursue that instead of going to the reunion. Next question. Why didn't you do a taped interview like we saw a couple do last season? Let's just call it what it is, Jackie and fucking what's his name? Josh? Yeah, that's it. Um, so Uche's response to this is that they never offered me a Zoom or tape or taping anything at all. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I just don't. Um, and again, how could he have done a Zoom, be Zoomed into the, the reunion if he had a business conflict? You know what I mean? But he says, they just said, we understand you can't make it to the reunion. And that was the end of that. Next question. How did he feel not being involved in the reunion at all? Um, he says, I don't think I was upset that I couldn't speak my piece in a taped or zoomed way because ultimately the producers had a certain narrative that they wanted to drive. So we're going to play them the editing. Okay. Um, even if I recorded something with the way that they do their editing, I'm sure they would have tried to spin it in a way that was a negative was that was negative against me. That's really the biggest reason why I don't regret not going to the reunion because the editing and the hosting shit and the questions that they're asking 
and the clips that they're rolling is really targeted towards driving that narrative. Sir, you are an asshole. Uh, That doesn't change. You said what you said. You can only edit it so much. You're fucking narcissistic asshole. That doesn't change. One editing can't change your fucking personality and your fucking attitude, sir. Let's move on. Um, he then goes on to say, we even see Aaliyah trying to hold Lydia accountable, talking about the reunion, and she completely got steamrolled by Lydia and Milton. Um, did she? I don't think she held her own a little bit. I don't remember that. Am I wrong? I can't remember. Anyway, um, and they completely invalidated her feelings and made it seem like she didn't have any points or any reason to be upset with what happened. Um, the next question, what did you think of how the other cast members spoke about you in a negative way? He says that it's easy to target the person that's not in the room and make the person, that person, the bad guy. That's fair, but you are a narcissistic asshole. Like I said, a few minutes ago. The editing drives a certain narrative that, God, that everybody is against me when they're not. Sure, 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 sure. I think that was misrepresented. Okay. For example, he says, Chris, who is another fucking idiot, um, was on the stage and he spoke up when, did again, did I miss this? Oh, I think he kind of did. But anyway, um, and some good words about me, but, but. Um, because he's one of the few people on that stage that was actually still friends with me. And they cut that out in the edit. Well, show me the fucking edit then. Seriously, if he's going to throw... Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Again, maybe this is coming from Chris, sure. But I don't trust Chris either. He's a fucking liar. He's he proved that. So I don't trust Chris either. And if he said that, but Chris isn't here in his interview. So who's to know that Chris actually said those things, first of all? Um, secondly, you didn't see the fucking edit yourself, Uche. So how do you know? Or you didn't see the unedited version. So how would you know what was said and not said about you? Fuck out of here. Anyway, so then he goes on to say, where Izzy is concerned, I think it was just a misunderstanding between us. He spoke up. Uh, oh, sorry. He, and we're definitely on good terms now. I want to hear from Izzy because it, Izzy seems to say, fuck him. I'm done. I'm, I don't want to be a part of that. So I would be kind of interested to know his side of that. Um. So then the next question is, who surprised you the most in the way they spoke about you at the reunion? He then says, Leah definitely surprised me in the most because up to that point, we had open lines of communication. She came to me and said, when this show airs, I'm going to lead with grace. I'm completely fine with what happened between us. I don't think either of us are at fault. I think there's certain things that you did and there's certain things that I did as well. But I'm past that. I'm moving on. And then once she found out that I wasn't going to be at the reunion, she took a different road and blindsided me with some of the things that she was saying. I actually believe him. 
And the reason why I actually believe him is because I don't put it past Aaliyah to take that. This sounds like something Aaliyah would do. And I also don't doubt it for a second. And here's why this is, you know, coming from Sharon. I wouldn't have known this otherwise. Um, But she mentioned to me actually yesterday, the day prior to me recording this and said that um, she actually is doing a documentary, I think on her Instagram and she just um, aired her teaser for this low budget documentary that she's doing. The fuck? So now I feel like I don't trust Leah. I feel like this was always the game plan because why would you be recording all of this shit? Cause it's basically supposed to be the journey of her love is blind experience from moment one prior, like from casting to the end. So you've been filming shit, honey bunny. So like why? Because uh, from the clip that I saw in the teaser, it feels like that's what this is. And I'm just like, <sighs> so this was always your game plan. Whether you ended up with somebody or you didn't, this was always your game plan. And I don't find you genuine anymore. I don't, I don't like it. So fuck you. I really and truly fuck you kindly. So um, I, I do believe him here and again i wish that i didn't but i do um so he also then goes on to say that what i think has happened with love is blind is it's turned into a competition of who got hurt the most especially with this season and who was dating that's me by the way who was dating the worst person and trying to bring herself up and get public favor and get followers by dragging somebody else down. She fell into that trap and that really surprised me. I, I, again, I hear what he's saying. The next question is that, um, that's surprising to hear you two were on good terms after hearing what Aaliyah said, um, about the way your relationship ended and the way your breakup happened in an earlier episode, which apparently that was not their breakup. So he, with some of this, we kind of probably already know to some extent. He says, when I saw that edit, at first I thought that maybe that was something she uh, she was in on with the producers. I know she mentioned they had showed her the scene in advance of, of an interview that she was doing. When I saw it on TV, I reached out to her and I said, why didn't you tell me that they edited this, edited this in this way? Do you want me to go along with that narrative? Is that going to make you look better to the public or whatever? And she said, no, you don't have to go along with that. You could tell the truth about it. First of all, I don't think he asked her shit. So it was a little bit puzzling. And throughout the course of our relationship, um, when we started to date afterwards, I'm just surprised at the narrative that she was driving, that I was somehow mean or rude to her. You were. Come on now. Or nasty to her. When really it's just me trying to understand my partner. Okay. He goes on to say, I understand how my tone comes across. Huh. 
funny. Um, that is something I know that I need to work on, but at a certain point, I need to be able to have these tough conversations with my partner and I need them to be able to answer questions and speak to me with a level of maturity instead of getting offended that I ask certain questions. Instead of sending me 10 part angry text messages, instead of sending a voice note to me on Instagram and then unsending it, I can't communicate like that. Fair. And again, I believe him because I'm not sure if he's talking about when she left the pods or after the fact, but we saw this in the pods. So, you know, I believe him here. Um, he then says, I explained that to Leah as well. Call me on the phone. He says to her, let's meet up in person. Let's talk about things. Ultimately, I think that while I was willing to work on my character flaw, I don't think she was as willing to meet me halfway with being able to communicate and not running away and dealing with things and communicating on that mature level. Next question was, Aaliyah revealed at the reunion that you two tried dating after the show, but it didn't work out because you said you had told other cast members she wasn't the type of woman you usually find attractive and that you were mean and condescending towards her. So she decided it wasn't worth chasing. What really happened between you two? From his perspective, he says, it was really hard to get on the same page because she was focused on so much. She was, she was focused on so much on here's what happened with Lydia. And I told her, I understand how terrible that was with Lydia. I apologize that you were in that situation and I feel so sorry for you, but please try to understand my perspective as well. The day before engagement day, which again, we're going to rehash the shit. Um, I asked you if anything was wrong, which we know. Uh, and she said, no, you broke that promise to me. So please consider my feelings as well and acknowledge that. Again, so it's about, this is how, again, this is how I know this is, this is exactly how it happened. Because even in this interview, he can't hide the fact that it's all about Uche. Um, but I do understand at some point you do have to give the Lydia shit. So anyway, um, so he goes on to say that she apologized when we were at lunch, but then the day after I felt she continued to try to validate her decision. And she said, I actually don't regret leaving and I left for you because if I didn't leave right then and there, I felt I was going to do something terrible to Lydia. Calm down, honey bunny. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, you weren't. You're never going to do anything to, to Lydia. Come on now. Anyway, he goes on to say that that concerned me a little bit. I started to ask follow-up questions and she got upset with me. Now I feel like I can't express myself or ask questions for fear that my partner is going to get upset and get mad at me for trying to understand her better. In the midst of all of that happening, she told me that she had gotten a job offer in California and we knew that we were not at the point in time where we could deal with long distance. We could barely communicate as it is. If I didn't tell her to turn down that job and stay in Houston, it must mean that I didn't love her or that I didn't want to pursue a relationship with her. So she ended up taking that job and moving to California. And that's where our relationship ended. So what he's basically saying here, because it was a little confusing, but I understand what he's saying. What he's basically saying here is that I guess because I didn't tell her to turn the job down that I guess I didn't love her. And that's maybe why she thinks I was being rude and condescending to her. But 
that's not at all how it happened. It was because she got a job offer, not because I said I'd rather have this type of woman over her. So, you know, I I don't know what to believe. I really do want to believe Aaliyah in this because I think again, and I really go in depth in, in that. If you didn't listen to that episode, I really do go in depth with um, the the issues with being a black woman in a world where you are more attracted to dating black men, but black men have um, their preferences, and sometimes those preferences exclude women who look like me, who look like Aaliyah, um, and it's tough and that's hard as a black woman. So, you know, and that's not to say that I haven't dated outside of my race. Of course I have. Um, but you know, you have your type as, you know, that's not to discriminate against anybody. So I, I want to believe her. I don't want to think that she would hold, she would say shit like that and it not be true. Cause I would have a problem with that when that is an issue that all Black women, to some extent, at some point, have had to deal with. So I really do want to believe that um, she is telling the truth here. Um. So he goes on to say, what she hasn't spoken about is in that period of time, after she moved to California, we started to develop a great friendship. We were texting each other every day until one day she said, I need you to stop texting me. I need you to stop calling me because I need to fall out of love with you. And I feel so guilty that I ruined a chance at true love with my soulmate. I feel like I messed that all up and I really can't live with that right now. And I think that level of guilt and that level of regret is what's driving a lot of her actions right now or whatever. Um, he says that I'm just moving on with my life. She spent over six or seven hours combined in interviews and podcasts and media spots as you are currently at the moment, um, talking negatively about me. This vindictive side of her is something that I, there it is, vindictive, where I really didn't see. And it's something that I don't appreciate. It's something that I hope that she can grow and move on from. So do I think she said something to this effect to him? 100%. Now, where I'm confused is, did she just throw it out there one day and say, fuck you, Uche, I can't do this no more because this is hurting me and with no context? Or, which again, I don't put a pastor because she's proven that she's not a, maybe the best communicator, at least where Uche is concerned. But I'm just like, if that's the case, that's messed. Um, you should have at least an opener to the conversation and say, listen, can we talk? And then go from there. But again, I want to put it past him to just over-exaggerate everything because that's what he does. And a narcissist has to also do what he's accusing the editors of doing to him. So um, so next question is, what did you think of how Lydia Milton ended up getting married after that happened with you three? And he says, it's interesting. A lot of the cast was doubting that they would get married. People were thinking that Milton was going to say no. Um, I do think that they balance each other balance each other out very well i wish them good luck in their relationship in the future um next question was lydia recently said that you lied about her 
and that you two did have a conversation about applying to the show. What is your response to her claims? Um, and again, what I'm about to say here, what he says, don't fucking buy it for a minute. But let's go into it. So he says, that's completely false. We had never had a discussion that we were going to be on the show together. She actually, no, let me back up a little bit. Um, me and Sharon really hash this out. So I think if you want, if you haven't listened to that episode and you want to listen to the episode, you can definitely go back and listen, um, to it and see what we had to say there. But we did think that the truth was somewhere in there in in the middle. So at the end of the day, he had no fucking clue according to him that she was going to be there. Uh, and she had an inkling. So anyway, let me let me start over. So he says that's completely false. We never had a discussion that we were going to be on the show together. She found out that I was going to be on the show by looking at my Instagram and seeing that I was following a casting producer, going over to that page and seeing casting for Love is Blind. Um, and she was able to apply. She blocked my Instagram account so that they wouldn't know that we were that we knew each other. Boom. Again, I believe him. Because that's exactly it. He said, you blocked me on Instagram. Like, it was a big deal that she did that, especially because they fucked three months prior. I'm like, he's like, to me, I felt, he felt shocked by the fact that she had blocked him. Now I know why. So he's pieced the pieces together. And I'm thinking, huh, okay, all right, I'm I'm with you here. Um, So he... It says in her head that looks a lot worse for her. So she created the story. That's true. That we had talked about it. That's very dishonest, but it's in the past now. And I'm not really going to hold that against her. And he says that, uh, cause they ask him, do you regret going on the show? He says that I do regret the outcome, but I don't regret my decision to actually go on the show. Obviously I regret what happened in one of what in one of my exes showing up and the editing. And everything else, but I don't regret my decision to go at all. Um, and he said, what do you think was misrepresented uh, the most about you in the edit this season? And he says they um, wanted to create a character that was easy to hate. So they uh, took all the good aspects of him, he says, and created their narrative. Um and he says, would you consider going on other reality shows in the future? Now, this was a question I was going to ignore and not add to it until I read the entire thing. And I'm like, I said it before. And I'm going to say it again. He's going to end up on perfect match. 100% going to end up on perfect match. Because here's what he says. I would say for certain that I would never do another reality dating show again. If there were some other reality show, maybe like a competition or an obstacle course or something fun and lighthearted, maybe I would consider that. We'll see you on Perfect Match, Uche. It was nice doing business with you. Um, <laughs> fuck. He literally said the quiet part out loud, but yeah. So that's basically it for that. Again, I know it was long, but I did want to get that to you guys. So. Um, so again, let's just quickly go through some memes before we hop into the episode. Again, all of the memes for the OG is already up on our socials, except for Twitter. Um, but it is there. Um, so you can take a look, see into that. 
Um, and, um, and yeah, so it's, everything is there. Um, we have, I think I have 23 of them. There's always a lot more in, in the OG. Um, but I have kept on a little bit here that I will read on the podcast. And if you want to see the rest of them, you can hop over to our Facebook and Instagram. I've stopped posting stuff to threads. Honestly, I might get rid of it. We'll see how it goes. Um, so anyway, me number one, Jasmine tried to make amends by cooking dinner for Gino, but he refused it and ate ice cream instead. Maybe because she didn't have the right equipment. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe the only equipment that was available was the ice cream scooper. I don't know. But if she made you dinner, eat the food. Fucking idiot. Um, me number two. No woman wants to be called piggy. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's one thing for her to call you a monkey. That's cute. But calling her a piggy, it's it's not cute. It's not cute. Um, maybe number three. Gino is going to spiral when he finds out that Dane Dan paid 2K for her new booty. Yep. Meme number four. Coco's middle name is Francesco. It's even listed on his passport. I didn't know a dog had had a passport, to be totally honest with you. Since do dogs have passports? <laughs> Why would you get a dog a passport? Why would you need to do that? I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Uh, okay. All right. But that's it for the beginning half of this episode, which was like a half an hour long. Um, Sorry, guys. Now let's jump into the reason that we are here. 90 Day OG Season 10 Episode 4. Four of these two lovers. So first, let's talk about Gino and Jasmine. So Jasmine says that they have barely talked since the incident, which was the day prior. She says, maybe I was selfish. And he says that he was disappointed. He said that he sent her $4,000 for her to buy a wedding dress. And he feels that she doesn't care about the wedding. And, you know, that's kind of his main thing, that she did this for herself and come again because, I mean, come on, you're going to reap the benefits, Gino. <laughs> but um, so then we see Jasmine is calling her sister, uh, I think it's Zulen. She says that... You know, Zulan's of the kids miss her, and yeah, the family obviously misses her. Jasmine says that she misses everyone, and then she says that uh, Gino made the unilateral decision to quit his job, so now he's going to be able to spend all the time with me. And she kind of says this with like this. Uh, there's definitely an undertone to what she's saying. And Zulan says, you know, why didn't he tell you first? But then Jasmine says, um, but you know what? He's not innocent. I'm not either. 
And she says that what Gino doesn't know is that $2,000 of the 10000 she needed for her butt implants came from Dane Dan. So she first says that the $2,000 initially started out as a loan, but then turned into a gift. Come again? I find it very hard to believe that a man who isn't going to benefit from the said butt implants isn't going to gift you $2,000 for said butt implants. I, none of that makes sense to me. Like, it just, it just doesn't. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that she did something in order to get that. I, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that what is he hoping, hoping for by agreeing to give her the money? And she says that she sees Dane Dan as a brother or nothing else. You did fuck him at some point, though, Jasmine. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little concerned with your choice of words here. Um, but she says, I will tell him, just not now. So a little later on, so during this whole situation with her sister on the video call, Gina was out. He didn't, he wasn't in the house. Not that it would necessarily matter because he doesn't speak Spanish, but Gina does come back and now they're going to be talking about everything that happened. So Jasmine says, um, I am sad because you are mad at me. So how does he feel when you get mad at him like all the time? <laughs> and he says he is shocked that the money for the dress was instead spent on your butt and you didn't need it. He says, he says she didn't need it. Um, and he says that you lied about this because you, I mean, I believe she, as she says, he, she did speak with him prior to actually deciding to do it, saying that she wanted the bun implants, but then he said, no, absolutely not. And then you still went behind his back and used $4,000. And then you had clearly another 4000 saved. And then Dane Dan gave you the 2000 Like, you know, that's a lot of money. I mean, do, do what you want, but I feel like if I had $10,000 in my hands, which I don't, I would be doing so much with it, like paying off my debt. I could pay off my debt and still have some left back, which would be, well, actually, no, I wouldn't. But I would pay most of my debt off. <laughs> and that would be fantastic. So, you know, there's just so much more you can do with $10,000 than to put it into your butt. But anyway. Um... So she does apologize for making him feel that way because he also says that the butt was for her. Well, I mean, again, I'm going to say you're going you're gonna to benefit from the butt implants, you know? But um, she says, but you lied 
to me too. So now it's going to be a tit for tat situation between the two of them. You did this and yeah, sure. I did that too, but you know, right. He says it's not the same. He's like, I quit my job to be old and to be able to spend time with you, get you situated and all of that. Which I understand that, but I I think what she's trying to say is you made a decision that would affect us as a couple by yourself and didn't think to mention that to me as well. So that's what she's trying to say. I made a decision to get button implants without, you know, that would affect us as a couple financially speaking. I made that decision because, again, this his decision also affects them financially as well. You know, I made that decision without talking to you and it went behind your back. You kind of did the same thing. That's what she's getting at. No matter the intention, because her intention wasn't like, yes, is it in the forefront for her? Sure. 100%. But she's also thinking in the sense of, I'm trying to make sure you're still attracted to me. And I don't like what I see in the mirror, which we'll get to in a second. So then if I don't like what I see in the mirror, then clearly you're not going to like what you see either. So that's why I did it. Like, no matter the intention behind what these two people did, they did lie to each other, which isn't great. So she says, but if I knew what your decision was going to be about quitting your job, I wouldn't have spent the money. And she says that, you know, I did the procedure. I can't take that back. If I could, I would. Basically, you can get a refund on on a butt, you know. He says, what if the procedures don't stop? And she says, you don't, I don't see myself the way you do. This broke my heart. She, She says, I struggle with how I look. She's like, I, I, I do the work. I'm trying to do the work, trying to see myself differently, but I just don't see myself as pretty, she says. She also says that I felt that if I had no butt, you wouldn't love me anymore. And I I don't know what to say to that because it's like, we are so much more than what we look like to a man. We are more than our butt. We are more than our boobs. We are more than our badge. We're more than all of those things. We're more than our hips, our thighs, or whatever a man is attracted to. And I feel so bad that she has to think that if my outside shell doesn't reflect me on the inside, because I don't think Jasmine's a horrible person. I think she snaps quickly and she doesn't think things through but i don't think we saw how she was on the tell-all defending cleo and um for example and i i don't think she's a bad person by any means so when you are just basing someone's love on your outer shell it's just like there's so much more to you than that. And I think once someone, you can look past flaws once you are past that initial attraction. And you guys are past the initial attraction. 
So I feel like it gets to a point, especially now we're talking about marriage. There's just so much more to the reason that he loves you than how you look. I mean, Gino's no prize. She pretty much says that. <laughs> she he's a prize to her. But like it's 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 like, come on. I don't think Gene, I mean, clearly Gino has a type. You know, his ex-wife was Brazilian, his you know, soon to be wife, if they're not already married, is Panamanian. And it's like clearly he has a type. But that goes beyond what a person looks like and whether or not he's a shallow fuck. And I don't think he is. I don't think he's Rob. So he says, I love you just the way you are. So, um, so he says that and she says, I'm trying. And she says, I took out my hair extensions that I used to spend thousands of dollars on, um, just to go natural. Um, and that's all I have. And then we kind of start to realize that she says to us, that she has suffered with alopecia and has been wearing either wigs or extensions now for over 15 years. Now, here's what I'm going to say. And I know, like, I am not saying that a woman shouldn't do what they think is beneficial to them and their comfort level and how they look. If they want to have extensions, go for it. If you want to have a wig, go for it. But when you like you, and this goes for anybody, it's not even someone who suffers with alopecia. Like I'm not even saying that I can't imagine what that feels like. Um, and that can also cause more damage to your hair overall. Um, Bogging it down with the extensions, the wigs, and all of that because you need to allow your scalp to breathe. And again, I'm coming from a place where I I don't understand how this works when it comes to alopecia. I don't know any of that, but I'm just saying from a general sense, like you, you, yeah, you, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know because some people can embrace themselves going bald, and I think that takes that's a journey that doesn't just happen. Um, some people can't, and I get that. Um, but when I see her natural hair, I think she looks a million times better than the extension she had before. I think she looks absolutely incredible with her natural hair. And you can see it's growing because we see her like in these moments when she first arrives and her hair is shorter and then you see her in the the moments and it's growing it's a little past shoulder length now and it's clearly her hair her scalp is healthy to some extent so i think she you know there you can't control the fact that you have something like alopecia and yes you can control that but I just don't want her to base herself on how she is going to look to the opposite sex. Life is too fucking short. Um, I really think she needs she needs therapy. Um, if she isn't already doing that. Um, 
because I think I think a lot of her insecurities go a hell of a lot deeper than being attractive to a man in this case Gino or um, even the alopecia. I, I think the alopecia is not the root problem, but I'm not the therapist, so I don't know. Um, so he tells her that she is beautiful again, just the way that she is. He says that I love that she apologized because it doesn't happen much. <laughs> and he is hoping that, um, she just won't do this to him anymore. Um, he says honesty is important. And Jasmine says that, you know, she she knows that she needs to come clean about certain things. She, you know, everything's going good, but she realized she needs to go clean. Just not today, she says. Um, but yeah, that's it for Gino and Jasmine for for this week. Let's do Justin. Well, sorry. Let's just try this again. Let's do Nikki and Justin Igor. So we are heading to his apartment. And in the in the moment that they have together, he says that he um hasn't found her G button because she makes this comment about like don't push my buttons or whatever. And he's like, I still haven't found the G button. Um she obviously meant G-spot. Um, so we're now doing the tour of his apartment. And it's it's nice. It's, it's actually a very nice, nice place. You can see that it has uh, a water closet. And apparently he's been renovating the apartment, for which she has been paying for. Um. We see the equivalent of Live, Laugh, Love, um, Moldovan style on the wall in the kitchen. And now we're in his bedroom and she goes straight to the bed. And then she says that the bed is comfortable. And then she starts like demonstrating like, you know, in this moment, if he were to be fucking her. Um, And he's just he's not biting he is not budging whatsoever and again she says that intimacy is so important in a long distance relationship which is true and she feels that he doesn't really try to have sex with her and she says like i want to go shower are you gonna shower me and he says i don't know no sir like he's literally like She's literally on top of him, riding his dick with her big ass and nothing. Like, clothes, obviously. It's not that kind of show. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel if I was in a similar position with, with my boyfriend pre-having sex, he would dabble against some sort of reaction. Like, and he is, Justin Igor is about the same, it's maybe about a year or two. Um, older than than my boyfriend so it's just like 
like I'll get to it because there we go a little further here that I'm just very, very confused by. So we then see this the next day, they're in bed, and we hear like this weird like motorcycle sound that I think is coming from his phone. And he says to her, um, do you want to ride? Or I said, I think he said, I, I want to ride with you or something around those lines. No, you don't. <laughs> you haven't even tried to have sex with her. No, you don't. Like, maybe I'd believe it if you actually tried. But anyway. Um, so she says, what are we going to do today? And he says, you like perks? No. No, she doesn't. What? It's a park. Um, so they're going to go to the park. But she needs to get ready. And guess what? That process could take about an hour and a half to two hours to get ready. Oh, uh, I, oh my God. Oh my God. That's, that's, that's too much. Um, but apparently she always really takes a long time to get ready. Like this isn't a new thing. Um, he's just confused by life. Um, so they did not have sex. She basically says that they were really tired. They did eat some food and then they passed out around 7 p.m. And he says they probably sat about 12 hours straight without waking up. Um, so he leaves to go get some food. And then I feel like he came back so quick, but he came back and then says like, you know, how much longer? And then we get into this argument and apparently, um, if he, she she says to him, listen, you know, it takes me a long time to get my makeup done. If you want a natural looking woman, then go date a Russian woman. So wait, Russian women don't wear makeup. It's what? And then she kind of says like, listen, I'm a Mua, aka makeup artist. Um, So I know makeup. You don't know makeup because they're saying like, you know, I've, I've dated women. I've seen them with their makeups and stuff. And I see all kinds of different things. And you, ma'am, by far take the longest. And she's like, you don't know anything about makeup? Okay. I'm the mua in this relationship. So fuck off. Anyway. So now they're heading to the park. Um, but before they do, they're going to stop and get some con candy and ice cream i believe then i guess she gets like some of the ice cream on her face and she says to him can you look it off of me and he says no you're wearing too much makeup like i'm gonna get poisoned if i lick your face right now and she says no it's fine it's fine it just lick it off i don't have any napkins you just lick it off my face and he says no. And then she says to the woman who doesn't give a flying fuck about this conversation and wants nothing to do with it, probably doesn't actually speak English. And Nikki's like, can you believe like he's my fiance? He doesn't want to lick my face in fucking public. Actually, yes, I can. I can believe that he doesn't want to lick your fucking face in public. If my man were to ever see something on my face, and instead of getting a fucking napkin and wiping it off my fucking face, proceeds to take his tongue and lick it off my face in a public setting, because I don't care if he takes his tongue and licks my face or licks anywhere, really, in a private setting. <laughs> but if you take your tongue 
and lick my fucking face when I am not horny enough for you to be licking my face, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. These people are influencers. It's just, I, 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 especially now knowing that Nikki has been gunning for reality TV for years and now it's happened. I'm just like, okay, so you're just a thirsty, thirsty person. Like, are, are we, are you kidding me? Lick my face because I don't have, then get one. You are a 47-year-old woman. Are you really trying to tell me that you can't use your resources and find a fucking napkin? Can we not have foreplay out in public in front of this poor woman who just wants to make some money to get some cotton and sell some cotton candy and ice cream? She didn't ask for this. Shit. Anyway, so then they're at the park and they're now starting to play like this puzzle game thing that she really doesn't care about she understands that he really likes chess and he kind of likes those brain teaser type games and that ones that make your brain work she understands that but she's like if this is what he's been doing no wonder he's single (laughs) the fucking shade but i get it so yeah she's just like i don't really care about this so they they finish the, the puzzle game and she says, okay, now what are we going to play? Hide the hot dog? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but he, again, not budging on the fact that she says, let's play hide the hot dog. Um, She kind of says, like, listen, we're in this relationship. We need to work on our intimacy. Um, Like, something's got to change. She says that we have been separated now for nine months. And as far as I know, you haven't fucked anybody in nine months. How are you not, like, how are you not ready to bust the seams, basically, is what she's trying to say. How is that even possible? And I get it. Like, I get that. Like, I don't understand how that's possible. How, how? Nine months is a really long time for anybody. Okay. I think the longest I did was six months and that was torture. <laughs> and that was a choice. Actually, no, four months was the choice. Six months was not. Four months was the choice. But, cause I, I, yeah. But six months, I, I was like dying. So I just don't understand how, like, you're, you actually have someone there who wants to fuck you and you're just like, nah. what? So I do have to give her that. Um, But she says, like, it just feels like you have another woman because, like, I don't get it. Um, And then she kind of just asks the question, why are you with me? And he just doesn't understand why there needs to be a fight. And she says, like, we are together. This is what people do when they are together. They fuck. Um, So, yeah you know, you show your love and that's one way to show it. And she says, you know, if you're not sexually attracted to me, then why are you with me? Which again is another feasible question to be asking. And she says like, I just feel rejected by you because you don't seem to have an interest of having sex with me. And 
he says that their relationship is not based on the physical aspects of the relationship. It's, it, it, it's a connection of the soul. Well, can your souls figure it out? Like, come on, even the souls want to fuck. Come on, sir. Come on. And, um, he says that, you know, you just got here. Now we're fighting. Like, come on. Um, and I guess he kind of sounds a little bit like Gino, except Gino is 54 or whatever. And this is a 36 year old man. And he's like, I, you know, we need to, we can't be fighting. Otherwise, like, I'm not going to want to have sex. Okay. Okay. You're 36. Again, what 36 year old man isn't just, just donging all over the place if he can, you know? I is he asexual? Like that's the only thing I can think of is like maybe maybe he's asexual. But according to Nikki, when they first started dating, when he was maybe eighteen, um, let's hope that they fucked all the time. They constantly were. They couldn't get enough of each other. And now, now that he knows that she's trans, that it's that's when the change happened. So. I don't know what to say. Um, so he says, you know, you only got here yesterday. Like, calm down. And she then says to him, listen, and I don't know if I like this very much. It feels like, it feels like sex bribery. It's really gross. But she says, listen, you got 48 hours to change your shit. Basically, you have 48 hours to fuck me. Otherwise, I'm leaving. That's really fucking disgusting. It's really fucking disgusting. That you're going to actually... Okay, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going... And I understand sexual sex is important in a relationship. And you have to be sexually compatible. And if you're not, then it's not going to work. So might as well just bail out now. But if you're actually going to bribe this fucker... Actually, say it to him because you're trying to get a response out of him. If you're going to actually tell him, I'm going to leave you if you don't fuck me and T minus 48 hours, I'm out. Okay. You seriously, if you start fucking me at 11:59 on what day is today? 11:59 by November 3rd because it's November 1st. By November 3rd, I'll still stay, but once once midnight happens on November 4th, I'm I'm out. I'm I'm heading home. You know? And then you're gonna hear like Gladys and I in the background kind of saying, she's leaving. Seriously, on that midnight plane to where's she from? Hoboken. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just I didn't like the bribery. It was really disgusting to me. Cause I'm like, oh, <laughs> Okay, because then he says, listen, those are fine words, basically, and says, that's some serious, that's a serious decision that you've just laid out here that you can't take back. You can't take back the fact that I now know that I better fuck you by 1159 in, in, in you know, the next couple of days. Otherwise, you're, you're leaving, you know? It's <sighs> so gross. <laughs> but um, what I will say, though, jokes aside, she... It is a problem that he doesn't seem to be wanting to have sex with her. I do understand that. 
because she says, like, I feel hidden. Very similar to fucking Shekinah and Sarper and Toe. He hides her. She doesn't get Instagram posts about their relationship. Fucking Christ. If I hear her say, like, I want to post on Instagram. It better not be a fucking story because it's only 24 hours. Is that how long you think our relationship is? That's what it's worth. It's 24 hours. If I hear that shit, I'm out. I'm out on the storyline. I'm out. I'm just out. Like, I can only handle one storyline of this shit in all of these iterations. I can only handle the one. And really and truly, I can't even handle that. (laughs) You know how much I completely despise the storyline of Shekinah and Sarper. It's just, it's so dumb to me. Um, But yeah, she does feel hidden. So I do understand that. And um and yeah that's basically it for for them for um what is people's names again nikki and justin oh good as so many people but yeah that's basically it for for them for this week so we're going to be taking a break here um for a little bit and when we come back we're going to be jumping in with Another influencer couple, even though I like Sophie, Rob and Sophie. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop, where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things. You can do all of this by going to love shop and you can use our unique coupon code reality t2 to get 10 percent on anything your hearts desire so that's loveshop.ca l-o-v-e-s-h-o-p dot c-a and use our unique coupon code reality that's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A and the number two. And we are back. So next we're going to talk about Rob and Sophie. So they are going to be seeing Rob's sister. Her name is Victoria. And Apparently, Victoria makes Sophie a little nervous, um, but he says to her, well, I don't know why you're nervous. It's not like she wants to fight you over something or anything like that. Why does it have to go straight to violence? <laughs> like, it goes from, you make me nervous to, well, it's not like she wants to fight you. Like, <laughs> Sophie has only met uh, Victoria two separate times, I guess, when she was lost there. Um, 
so they got to where they're going to be meeting her and they get out of the car and he's like, listen, don't make eye contact as soon as you get there, right? Like, you know, you give her an eye contact, she's going to get aggressive. <laughs> um, thought it was funny. So, um, they go inside, here's Victoria comes and, um, this made me kind of laugh because she literally like pushes Rob aside so she can say hi to Sophie. So I'm like, okay, well clearly Victoria doesn't dislike her that much. If she's like, let me get to her because I want to say hi to her. And she's also helping plan their wedding. Um, she, she is apparently a party planner. So she's going to be helping with um, planning the wedding for them. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I think she likes her enough. So he does explain to Victoria that, you know, they don't want to wait till the last second to actually get married. Um, so she kind of like, well, you should have told me this. So she's like writing stuff down. Um, but then Victoria asks, are you really ready to get married? And I can't remember who it was that said this, but they say, well, you know, we only have the 90 days. Um, or I think Sophie said this, that we only have the 90 days, but I do feel ready. I don't know how you're ready at 23, but, um, but then Victoria asks, have you talked about kids? Now this is where shit gets interesting because spoiler alert. No, no, they really probably haven't. And we'll get to it. So he says that he wants to have kids someday, but you know, I don't think he's necessarily in a rush to have kids right this second, but ultimately he would like to have kids. But she says that she, um, hasn't really thought about it because again, she's 23. Um, and they haven't really had a convo about it. On his end, he feels like they have talked about it. But then she says to him that she doesn't know if she wants to be pregnant. So his, when he, when he hears this, he's like, what does that even mean? Like, obviously, well, not obviously, it's not obvious, but obviously for him, he's thinking he wants to probably have biological children. So obviously in order for that to happen, you're going to have to be pregnant. Obviously there are other ways you can have children, but I think this guy wants to spread his seed. So I'm assuming he wants biological children, but he's like, what does that even mean? Do you not want to have kids is what he says. And she says, um, what would it be a problem if I don't want kids? And he simply says, yeah. And then as Sophie and Victoria are kind of talking about maybe where her head is at, he gets up and he walks away. So here, before we get into it, because we're going to get a little bit more of a background here with, with, with Sophie and her reasons for not wanting to have children, which again, I'm not saying one needs to have a reason. It can just be as simple as I don't want kids or I do want kids or whatever the case may be, because no one questions when someone says they want to have kids. But my question, when someone says they don't want to have kids, it's not about that. 
But what I am saying is if you have two separate sides here, where one wants to have children, the other doesn't, there does need to be some sort of explanation to the person that you're in a relationship with, because I think that is something that needs to be explored. And then if there is no changing anything on that side of things, then you might have to go your separate ways because you're not agreeing on the foundation or not the foundation, but what you guys expect for your futures. They're two completely different futures. Um, so I, I do think that these, like, what do you guys talk about? You had, I think they've been together for like what, four years. I'm not saying you have to talk about it in the beginning of a relationship, but at one point, do you guys talk about it? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel, I, I feel like in any relationship that I feel was getting serious and that I saw a future with, which really and truly was probably just my ex-husband and my current relationship, we had those conversations fairly early on. I mean, probably my ex-husband was a little earlier than I wanted to because he really wanted to have children, but um, that's a conversation that we had really early on. Even my current relationship, we probably had that conversation within the first year of just the basics of, do you want to have children? Do you not want to have children? Because if you don't want to have children, for me, I want to have children, then I need to know that because then this is not going to go anywhere. You need to at least have those basic conversations and then you can elaborate on it later on when you're actually at the point where in this moment in time, you're ready to have children. I just don't understand what these people talk about because it's like, you're in a relationship with someone who you are intended to get married to. So you need to have those very, at least the basic important questions. So I don't understand what anyone's doing here. Anyway. Um, so Sophie does say for her, it's, it's whether or not she can even get pregnant. Like she's, questioning whether or not she can actually get pregnant because she says here when she was 15 years old, they found um, a thematoma, I think is what it's called, cyst in her ovary, um, which if they never, if they didn't find it, she could have died. Oh, shit. That's, that's really scary. Especially at 15, that's really scary. They did do surgery, removed it, but there is the potential that that cyst, the potential of the procedure, I'm not sure, but most likely the cyst, um, could have affected her eggs. So because of this, she doesn't know if she can get pregnant. And I think, I don't, I don't want to analyze her, but I think the thing that is freaking her out is if I allow myself to want kids and, and with that in turn means to get pregnant. If I allow myself to have that and then I find out that I can't, that's going to hurt me more than if I just tell myself from right now, I don't want to have kids. Here's what I'm going to say. This is me going real deep into my medical um, history here. I have PCOS and this is something that I've known I've had since I was, say, 19 years old. 
Um, I have said how old I am on this on this podcast before. I don't want to do it again, but I'm in my 30s. And I have seen that the older that I've gotten without getting pregnant, it can get a little harder. That's just the, you know, that's how it is. But that is something that, especially in the time and place where you're not considering it or not thinking about it, you don't even want to do the testing. You don't want to do anything about it. You just want to, you just want to let it go and forget about it. But I know for where I'm at in life right now, where I'm being poked and I'm being prodded and I'm doing all of this testing and all this stuff to be sure that I can at some point get pregnant. I understand where she's coming from. Even when you're getting poked and you're getting prodded and you're getting positive results and all of that, it still freaks you out. It's still a fear because what her sisters, what his sister says later, which I think is so perfectly said is when we're being told in a medical place that we might not be able as a woman to get pregnant is it's gut-wrenching because we're wired our bodies are meant and this is outside of the scope of whether you want kids or not but our bodies are meant to do this. We're meant to get pregnant. That's why we are women with uteruses and men don't have that. We are meant to have to, to do that. So when we are told that we might not be able to do that, it's it's gut wrenching. And then when you're actually trying and nothing's happening, even though you're being told medically that everything is fine, it's so hard and it's so difficult. It even, And that's with someone with medical issues. Even without medical issues, it is so hard for us as women to get pregnant, to, you know, sustain a pregnancy full term and, and all of that. Like, it's so difficult even when you don't have that. So I understand her fear, but I think she, I think she needs to work through that fear because she's letting the fear hold her back. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I worry that that could be something she could have regrets about later on. So I do think she needs to work through the fear in whatever way she needs to work through it, whether it's the, the mental aspect of it, if it's the medical aspect of it in terms of like, physically seeing if this is possible. Um, if she needs to do that to rest her mind and to be like, okay, maybe I can do this, then she needs to do that. She also needs to be honest with Rob because we find out that she hasn't really told him. He is aware that he, that she has had a surgery because she has a scar on her stomach um, that she obviously can't hide and she needed to explain that to him, but he doesn't understand the fears. I don't think he understands everything that is, was being told to her. Um, I don't think he understands that aspect of it. I don't think he knows any, I don't know that. So I think she's worried to tell him that, 
But again, you're about to marry somebody. It's not easy to tell a man who you probably, and this is why I think he's definitely told her something. Because it's not easy to tell a man who you know probably wants to have children and wants to be a father that maybe I can't do that for you. And I love you. I don't want to let you go. But, you know, that's not an easy conversation to have. I've had to do it twice where I've had to say, by the way, this is something that I'm dealing with. And here's what that means. Doesn't mean that I can't. It just means that it can be a little harder. So. And again, if it affects her eggs, like in what sense does that affect her eggs? Did she, did she lose an ovary? Did she, you know, did she not lose that ovary? Did she, you know, did her eggs, like what, in what sense did that, you know, did it affect the quality of her eggs, the quantity of the eggs? Like there's so many things that is up in the air. Because I'm sure at 15, no one was thinking about this, right? You know, obviously you're not having children at 15 if you can avoid it. So I, 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 yeah, there's just so much unanswered questions. But of course, those questions need to be answered when she is good and ready to face those issues. And at this point, my girl has other things that she needs to worry about, like having a bathroom in her apartment. <laughs> telling her boyfriend that she's bisexual or fiance that she's bisexual. She's had other things because again, she's not thinking about whether or not she wants to have kids with him. She's still trying to figure out who the hell she is to begin with. So I I feel for her. I, when I heard her say that, I'm like, I feel for her because I do think, and again, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm just speculating I do think she would love to be a mother. I just think she is afraid to be pregnant. But I think, you know, if they were to go to the adoption route or whatever the case may be, I don't even know if he would agree to do a surrogate. I'm not sure. But, you know, there are ways. I mean, fuck, they can't even afford a surrogate. He can't afford a bathroom in his apartment. But I don't know if they could afford that. But I don't even know if he would necessarily agree to that because... I don't know. I don't know enough about him. But what I see right now is he he feels like a kind of person that's like, well, if you can't do it, then I'll find someone else who can kind of situation. I don't like him. Can you tell? But anyway, but she does basically say to Victoria that she just doesn't want to have the hope and then to have it thrown away. Meanwhile, we're with him and he says, she knows I want I want kids. She knows this. Well, I don't know if she knows this. <laughs> I think, again, like I said, I think she does um, because there's a reason why you didn't tell him that you may not want to have kids. There is a reason why. Because you probably have at least an inkling, at the very least, that he wants to be a father um, and again, it was one of the very first things that he said to us on the show is that, you know, he wants to be able to tell his kids that he hustled and all of this. Like, it's one of the first things that he said to us as the viewer. So I think she knows to some extent that he wants to be a father. Um, and I told her what I would name my kids. So 
for him, because this comes back again when he speaks to Victoria, is he kind of says, like, if I'm telling you what I want to name my children, chances are I want to have children. Like, that's kind of what he's saying. And yes, maybe. I don't doubt. I, I, I'm not arguing that at all because I do think, like, if someone is telling you, I want to name my child, you know, whatever, then yes, that's because you want to have a child to then name them those names. But I still think that you need to expressly say that so that there is no question, I want to have kids. Is that what you want? Because that's not what you want. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this, you know? Um, so he basically says that he just wants an- answers. So we go back with Sophie. Um, and his, so kind of already said this before, but his, his Victoria does say, like, does he know about your medical situation? And she says that he knows that I had the surgery, but, um, because he did ask about the scars that I have, but um, he doesn't know the whole story, which again, I don't understand why you want to tell him the whole story. I, I, is it a fear or something? Is it embarrassment, shame? I don't, I don't, I don't want to say any of those things. Like, I'm, not, I'm not saying that she should be embarrassed or ashamed of it. But no, you, you can't control what your body does. Your body your your body did this to you. It's nothing you can't control. Like this is coming from a person who's had two kidney stone attacks and I'm like, you know, sure, maybe there's something I could have done maybe a little differently. But at the end of the day, my body failed me and did that to me twice. So I get it. And but I, I guess for me, I just don't understand not being comfortable enough with your partner to not be able to tell him those things. Like, there's nothing that I feel uncomfortable about, you know, when it comes to my medical history and the things that I've dealt with and um, and telling my partner about that. Like, he's he's the most important person and he's the one that needs to know all of those things, especially if, you know, you, you are talking about family planning. So it, I just, I just want to know why she couldn't tell him or didn't feel comfortable enough to tell him. There's a few things she's not telling him. <laughs> and the bisexuality, I can understand that as a whole different situation. That is her coming out and to the person she's supposed to be getting married to. But then she's also asking on top of that, you know, because I just haven't experienced it. Will you let me? That's where the the problem lies. So I think there's just a lot that she hasn't told him. But this, this makes or breaks a marriage from even happening. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, She says, you know, I figured... If he wanted kids, he would ask the questions, but um, they haven't had the conversations. She says she hasn't gone in depth, um, you know, with it 
So, and that's her opinion. She says like, she's basically putting it on him that he should have thought to ask the questions about her surgery and her medical history, even though that's not something that someone would think about. That's a fucking cop out. You need to just have those conversations because he's not going to think to ask you about them because it's not something that someone's going to think. My my partner didn't think, oh, do you have PCOS or do you, you know, do you have something that, you, you know, that can prevent you from not getting pregnant? That's kind of a gross thing to ask. <laughs> and, it, but again, it's not something he thinks about because it's not something that you think about right off the bat. That's, to me, it's a cop-out. And you can't, that's her basically pushing the blame onto him and for not asking the questions because he's the one that wants to have kids. No, you guys, you listen, she's young. But if you want to put on your big girl panties and do big girl things, then you need to have the big girl conversations. Same goes for him. You need to, the thing is he's older, so I expect more from him, but I shouldn't. <laughs> but he too should have thought, you know, let's have this conversation. But in his mind, which I do believe is that he has said at least something that gives her the inkling that he wants to have kids. So in my mind, he's probably done a little more than she has. So it's just don't push the blame on him because now it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to you. It's just, that doesn't make sense to me. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to say what, but my ex told me what medical history he has that he doesn't actually have, but you know, it's something that's in the family, something that can affect a child. And he told me that right off the bat, you know, prior to us actually talking about, you know, planning to have children, which obviously never happened. So, you know, that's, that's not something I would have ever thought about um, asking him. Never would have think, you know, should I ask you about X, Y, and Z? No, no, never asked, you know, to have that conversation because one knows that that's not something you think about. So like, I was very put off by, um, by this, that when she said this, I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to have a conversation. Um, so she does at this point get up to go talk to him and he says that he feels blindsided. Um, and he, she, so she goes with him. She's trying to like have this conversation with him while he's playing one of the arcade games. And she's like, I'm trying to have a serious conversation or sorry. She doesn't want to have a serious conversation at the arcade. And I'm thinking, honey, you just dropped a bombshell on him. The fact that you think that he's going to be thinking about anything else besides what just happened is ridiculous. Of course, he's going to want to have this conversation, even if it's not the appropriate place to have said a conversation. Shit's been said. You're not going to let that go. I wouldn't. <laughs> um, but she says that she she is surprised about his reaction. It's like he hates me. He doesn't hate you, but he is upset with you. I think he's upset with the situation more so than anything. So I don't know why you're surprised by his reaction. If this man said he wanted to have kids, why are you surprised? I'm not surprised. I don't even know him. 
Like, I'm not the one with him. I'm, I'm not surprised by his reaction whatsoever. So then um, he says, you know, I get like, we're not going to necessarily have kids right now. We were going to grind and um, make money and stuff like that. But what about afterwards? Like, what are we supposed to do with each other afterwards? You know? And he says, even, <laughs> fuck, even Jay-Z and Beyonce have kids, honey. Don't be comparing yourself to Jay-Z and Beyonce. Those two nincompoops. <laughs> no judgment. I'm not coming for either of them. I'm, I can't. Um, but they are able to, even if one or the other has issues with um, get, getting pregnant or having kids at the time that they were trying to have kids, they have the money and the resources to make it happen. Even if Beyonce herself wasn't the one carrying the child, if they had to do in vitro, if they couldn't do natural or whatever, they have money. Money gets you places, especially when it comes to the medical stuff. So don't be sitting here and comparing yourself to Jay-Z and Beyonce because they can make it happen. And even when, because in my mind, they are still grinding, you know, Jay-Z's still making his money and he always will be making his money. Beyonce is making her money and always probably will be making her money. They also have help (laughs) with their children. Come on. It was a stupid comment to make because I'm thinking to myself, like, you're not seriously trying to compare yourself to people who have so much money in comparison to the rest of the fucking world. You're not really seriously trying to tell me this right now, right? Is I hate when people make those comparisons to celebrities when I'm like, they can do, they can do things that the rest of the world can't do because all it takes is money. This world is run by money. So it was just ridiculous to me. I'm like, you're such a fucking idiot. But anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, anyways, moving on from that part, he says, if I didn't want kids, I would just be a player. Now, you don't need to be a player because there are men who don't want to have children but want to be married if they find the one they want to marry. Um, and then he says to her, just leave me alone for a bit. So she walks away and leaves him alone. So now um, Victoria walks up to him and says that she's going to be leaving. And she asks, like, how is he doing? And he's like, I, I just got to process this. And he tells her it's been put out, um, out there. And it just feels like if I tell you what I would name my kids, that's me saying I want kids. So Victoria then says, I didn't know. Um, I don't know what she's told you and what she, you know, has or not has not told you. Um, but she did, um, tell me that this could be more about medical situation. So that's something you guys need to discuss. And then this is where she says that, um, the one thing that a woman's body is supposed to do is to get pregnant. So that fear of if we can't, 
issues. You shouldn't think this way, but you tend to think I'm less of a woman because I can't get pregnant. No woman should ever feel that or think that about themselves, but it's a normal thing because especially when you want to have kids. So the fact that she is worried though about this, that's why I feel like deep down, she really does want to have children. She just doesn't want to face the rejection of not being able to, to get pregnant and that's something I 100% understand. I, I, yeah, I do. Um, she leaves at this point and he says, well, I guess we have to talk, but she's got to say something. And she's saying like, he, oh, it's just a mess. Anyway, um, he says, if I had to walk down the aisle today, I wouldn't, I couldn't do it. She feels, um, like he is treating her like a villain well, right now. Is that right? No, but I also do understand that you could potentially be the barrier that prevents them from having kids. If you really, truly don't want to have children and you haven't had that conversation with him, he's, you know, 32 years old. He's not like he has to worry about whether or not he can have kids as long as everything's okay for him. But, you know, Right now, you are the villain in his in his in his story because you're that barrier from preventing him from having kids. And y'all should have talked about this, but um, she says, "I'm so so." Anyways, they 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 get back to their place, and she says, "Listen, I'm tired. Um, so let's talk about this tomorrow." And he says, "Okay, well." I'm going to go walk the dog and uh, he leaves and to do that. And he, and he says he doesn't understand um, how she could sleep when this is all kind of going on right now. Easily. She can easily sleep when you're tired enough. Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to bed. <laughs> but that is it for Sophie and Rob. So let's move on to Ashley and Manuel. So we hear a smoke alarm <laughs> going off and she's smoking the house or whatever. And he says like, what are you doing? And her response, she's like, can't you feel the energy? And he's like, what energy? <laughs> And she's like blowing smoke at at his body to clear his energy is what she says to him. And he says, I'm going to die. <laughs> and um, he, he does say that the experience with the smoke situation um, was good. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, but he back to that wasn't in, in the moment, so back to the house. He's like, What is wrong with you? Open a window. Um, so later they talk and she says that um she, well she tells us that he is unable to get the internet to work on his phone. So she felt bad about this. She so she decides to call her cell phone provider in order to find out if they can get a phone for him. 
So she's like, it went really well. It's a great deal. They decided to waive the activation fee. He's going to get the phone in like two business days and then everything's going to be fine. He'll be able to get the internet on his phone now. So she said, let's do it. And she then says that she tells him about this, that she got the phone for him that's coming in two days. And she basically says, he basically said that wasn't soon enough. And, and like, gave attitude and basically said, I was not good enough. And she's like, okay, well, then should I just cancel it then? And he's like, he's like, yes. Like, with attitudes, basically how she does it. And I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait. This prima donna bitch can't even wait two days for the fucking phone for when then he can have internet on it. Because his thing is, and he says this to her later, can't we just put like a, a new um, SIM card in the phone? And she's like, no, you fucking doofus. You, It's a Ecuadorian phone and you're trying to put an American SIM card into it. It's not going to fucking work. Thank you. It's not. I've actually tried to, to figure this out for my ex when we were still together. And I was just like, because this was when he was no longer here in the country. And I was just like, does that even work? So I went to our cell phone provider and I was like, is that something that I can do now that like he's there, but he wants one from here? And they're like, no, it's not going to work. So yeah, that's 100% true. It's not going to work. It's it. Yeah. You need to have, and vice versa, you can't have an American phone and then put an, the Ecuadorian SIM card into that phone. It's not going to work, but it's not like you don't have your phone. So at the end of the day, like if you're trying to get your WhatsApp, that's an account you just add to your new phone. If you, you know, you have your Facebook, you got, you bring the Facebook up and you add your account. Like there's no reason for this. Is it going to take some time? Sure. But you have 90 fucking days and you can't work. So there's your job, putting all your shit on your new phone. And at the end of the day, you'll have the internet on your phone. Like, are you this fucking, that's not good enough. Are you fucking kidding me? Anyway, he says that she yelled because she doesn't listen. Not what? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. And he says, I just need internet. That's understandable, honey. But like, again, you can't have it because it's not working on your fucking phone. So she finds a fucking solution for you and you're not happy. Fuck you. <laughs> um, And he says he needs to communicate with his family. I get it. It's fine. But now you need to communicate with your family when your family didn't even fucking know that you were in the States. So now that they know that you're in the States, now you want to communicate with your family? You know, I... Mm. So he... <laughs> she doesn't... Oh, so he said, so if she doesn't understand um, that he needs to do this, then what a pity. Okay. She says that he has her devices in the meantime while waiting for that phone to come. So, like, you can use that to speak to your family. And apparently, um, he doesn't want to do that because, for whatever fucking reason. And... He, so this is where he says, like, hey, let's put a new chip in the phone. No. And um, at this point, she just basically says to him, like, listen, I don't want to be in this nasty environment with you. So 
I'm going to go out with my sister and uh, get up with the fuck away from you. So then we see her meeting up with her sister. Um, but then Sienna clocks a hickey that's on Ashley's neck. Okay. All right. I'm going to go on a PSA about how much I absolutely hate hickeys. So here we go. Hickeys are disgusting. Again, are you too? Second, secondly, I can't remember the last time I had a hickey. Probably my ex-husband gave me one. I know that for a fact, but he also gave me a hickey on a place where no one would see it. And it was that one time. And I literally told him, don't do it again. Cause I hate them. And I didn't know that's what he was doing. Don't ask. But <laughs> he put it in a place where no one would see. And, but I absolutely hate them. I think they're disgusting can't they cause cancer or some shit? Like if you do them in a, I don't know, but I think they're disgusting. But if you are going to give someone a hickey, at least have the common courtesy to put it in a place where they're not, it's not going to be seen by everybody else. It doesn't need to go on her neck. It doesn't need to use your imagination, put it somewhere where they can't see anything. I absolutely hate them. And I think everyone should stop doing them. Anyway. So, um, yeah. So she says sex is good. Communication, not so much. I feel seen. I feel like this is exactly what I dealt with in my last relationship. Sex was great. Communication sucked. And guess what? I divorced his ass because I was going to do it anymore. And there's a lot of other reasons why. Trust me. But it's just like, that was part of the problem that we always had, even before we got married. You can't sustain a relationship that you can't communicate in and learn each other's communication styles, play within those communication styles, and you're able to work. You're able to work out. Like, I just can't. Anyway, she then tells Sienna about this whole phone situation. Her sister says that it's a red flag. Um... You know, obviously. But then Sienna says that um, you got to stay. Oh, so she's oh, sorry. Let me go back a little bit. Ashley says that because it was so bad that she she left, like she couldn't handle it. And Sienna says, like, you got to stay in those situations and you need to work on it. So I think both of them suck at communicating because it's right. You can't just dip out and not actually talk about the situation. Again, this is such a fucking trigger for me. But yeah, it's, it's you need to work on those situations. You need to talk them out. You can't just dip because that's not talking it out. That's just running away from the problem. And it's still going to be there when you get back. So, but then she, I guess to make her sound better in the situation, she basically says, yeah, but he told me that when I come back that I better be acting right. What's your version of acting right, Manuel? Because I don't give a shit. <laughs> don't tell me to act right. Fuck you. Anyway. Um, so then they talk about him not um, wanting to use her devices. And Sienna says, like, you know, he's maybe just missing his family. And he wants to talk to him, like, you know, do you think maybe he's planning something though with his family? And Ashley says, I would be dumb not to think about it 
And she says, you know, I wasn't thinking like that until his family started blowing up my phone. So she mentions here that um, I think because of the situation with his phone, his mom ended up giving her phone number to family that he has in New York. Did you ask my permission before you just hand out my number to people? Like, are you okay? <laughs> That's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, I'm not going to say no, but can you at least give me a heads up that you're actually going to do that for you to do it? So she says that they've called nine times. And she says, like, I know nothing about them. First of all, you don't need to know anything about them. It's his family. That doesn't matter. You need to know shit. But she says that it's great that he has people here. But at the end of the day, he's here for me. His family is secondary to us. Try again, Ashley. Try again. Just because you guys are getting married doesn't mean you automatically become one and that he should fuck, say fuck you to the rest of his family. That's not how it works. And I actually had this conversation with Letitia, who for those who listen to the Sister Wives um, episodes, she's part of those. And we were actually having this conversation and I said, I don't agree with her at all because this is a person who actually has an advantage of having family where most of these people who come from other countries don't have that. And he has that. And I think that is an amazing thing for him to have. I think that's great. Do I think he's necessarily planning something? I don't know because I don't fully trust him. But do I think he's pulling a Louise? No, because I think Louise really was had no interest in being with Molly. Um, but I, I, I don't think that he's being manipulative, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's going to be a pot of shame later on, but I, I don't, I don't think he's being manipulative here. I just think he wants to be with his family. He seems to be a family man and cares about his family to whatever extent. So I, I don't understand why he can't have both. I don't understand why he can't have Ashley and I can't understand why he can't have his family and why she's saying it's about me. Okay, so the rest of his family is secondary. And I don't even know these people. Like, we're going to get to that in a second, too. I was like, Ashley, shut the fuck up. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, just let him have that. If, and this is so great, we'll get to it, but just answer the fucking phone and let him talk to his family. Like, it's going to make his transition here a little easier and a little smoother if he can at least have some family that he can easily communicate with and can easily see in comparison to the rest of his family because he can't even travel back to Ecuador for another two years. So he can't see his kids. He can't see his mom or whoever else is over there. He can't see them for two years because that's just the rules. So let's make this easier for him so he doesn't dip. She's so dumb. Anyway, so then we see she's in the kitchen and then we see her phone is going off and she says, your family keeps calling me again and again. And she's like, you know, what do they want to talk to him, bitch? Answer the phone. And he asks, oh, is my cousin, is it my cousin Mercy? 
or maybe it's Marcy, who knows? <laughs> For those who watch the UK one, you know, but she says, um, when have I ever met a mercy? He says, never. Again, what does that matter? You guys have barely been back together. And why would he think, oh yeah, by the way, I have family in the States. Like, oh, New York, you live in New York. So does my family. Like, I don't think that necessarily is something that comes up clearly because you love to talk about the fact that your sex is so good. So clearly that's really all you guys do. So like, um, what does it matter if he hasn't told you about the family or, you know, like, what have I heard about? Who cares? Clearly this guy doesn't talk at all. So I'm not surprised that he hasn't told you. Maybe if he talks a lot, then I'd be like, oh, why didn't that come out? This man doesn't talk. <laughs> So I'm not surprised. She's such a dummy. Anyway, um, so she says, you never told me about Mercy. And she says, like, her problem is that they keep calling. Or he says the obvious here and just says, well, you know, maybe they would stop calling if you answered the phone. (laughs) He's right, though. Of course, they're going to blow your phone up because you're not fucking answering it. God. Um, She says, okay, fine, let's call her. And he says, okay. And he's like, wait, you're staying? (laughs) And she's like, "Uh, yeah, I want to meet her. And he's like, you know, the conversation might be private. Okay, this is what I mean. He gets like, one minute I'm like, okay, yes, I'm on your side. And then the next minute I'm like, okay, now you you feel sketchy to me. Like, just let her stay. (laughs) And he says, like, what are you going to say? And he says that, um, you know, you're not going to understand the conversation, bruh. She speaks Spanish and seems to understand Spanish very well. So what? Anyway, he says, "Um, I just don't want you to act crazy and yell about them calling so much. And um, she's okay, I won't. She doesn't yell at them or act crazy about it, but she does ask the questions. So, but she does kind of say, like, they're my family too, so I can yell. You shouldn't be yelling at your biological family either, honey. Calm all the way down. Um, so then we see Mercy and Ashley um, then ask, like, I know you want to talk um, to him, but like, why have you been calling so much? And she gives a very reasonable explanation of, you know, she was worried she couldn't get in touch with him and she just wanted to be sure that he was okay. All completely reasonable. Um, so he does say like, I will like to come to New York city to spend some time with you and blah, blah, blah. And I think, feel like he wants to do that without Ashley. That's not going to go over well. It's not going to go good. But then Ashley asks, like, you know, how much family do you have here? And Mercy says, mucho, mucho. Oh. Because then Ashley's like, which I still don't understand what, what difference this makes. But Ashley says, like, he told me that he didn't have a lot of family here, but now Mercy's telling me that they have a lot of family here. 
So like, which is it? I don't see what, I don't see why this is relevant information. You know, he has family here and this is ended there. So who cares? You know, but anyway, she, she says like, you know, he could just leave easily. And this is, again, this is what I don't like. She basically says like, you know, he's supposed to be here for me, blah, blah, blah. But like, if things are really bad, he could just leave, go to his family, who's literally just five hours away from me. He could just do that. It would be easy for him. So, Ashley, I want to ask you this. Is it easy because you can't keep him isolated? Because that's what it sounded like to me. It sounded very gross and very disgusting. Like, he had to be a prisoner in his own home. Um, so, yeah. he. Why can't he have an outlet? I think everyone should have an outlet. And I think that's one of the biggest things for people who come from other countries. It's like, I'm coming here for you. I don't have an outlet. I don't have a way out. If I need a way out, I need to be able to comfortably create that for myself. But that's hard because I'm in a country that I don't know. Um, and he has that. And I love that he has that. But for her, she don't like it. And it's like she wants to keep him isolated. And this is really gross. That's just really fucking gross. But anyway, that is the end of uh, Ashley and Manuel. And now we have a new couple alert. Let's go through this pretty quickly. It's not much here. But Nick, he is from South Korea. And he catches his age. But anyway, he tells us that he lived in Australia for about six years. He did that in order to learn some English. And we um, see him mimicking an Australian accent that really just sounded like a Korean accent. But anyways, um, he says that he is an electrical engineer by day, but he also loves karaoke. So he says, I'm a typical Korean man. <laughs> And we see him trying to get like this plush piggy toy um, in the claw machine. And he does get it. And yeah, but he does explain to us too that he was a part of the Korean military before he went to Australia. Um, and then he says he just needed a change. And that's when he went there. And then that's when he met his girlfriend. Devin. I fucking hate that her name is Devin and she's dating a Korean man. It feels really fucking gross to me. My mind went there. Don't pretend like your mind's gonna go there either. Anyway, so he says that um, uh, he uh, met her while in Australia. She is the first white girl that he has dated. He says Korean women are too skinny. And Devin is very fit, so he likes that. He says that we're both introverted, but um, she would do these really na- like naughty things. And, for example, show her butt to him. Okay. Um, so then we kind of see him in this Korean market. 
and he gets some food, which is chicken feet. Mm -hmm. And then he tells us, listen, she calls me monkey. I call her piggy. (laughs) And he says that, um, he calls her this because she's cute and chubby. But then he does say, like, I kind of now get that maybe picky doesn't necessarily mean chubby. Maybe it's, like, bigger. So, yeah. But he says, you know, he doesn't call her that, like, for that reason. He just thinks she's cute and chubby. Anyway. So they've been together for two years. And he tells us that she says she is from Searcy, um, Arkansas, Arkansas. And um producers ask him like what do you know about Cersei and he says I know that there's nothing and that there's no diversity and that there's racism great (laughs) so we're gonna move this mind here after like post-covid where let's be real redneck people who are MAGA supporters were going after Asian people and blaming them even if like it doesn't even matter. There's no explanation for that. To just see an Asian person and think, well, you brought the COVID. <laughs> and then they attack them. I don't think this is going to go good. I don't think they need to be living in Arkansas by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so um, we find out that he hasn't seen her in about two years. So she's going to be coming to to South Korea. Um, and they're going to be meeting his family because, as we kind of saw with Devin and Jihoon um, many, many moons ago, that um, the family needs to approve her marrying him. Um, but he does plan to also repropose to her. But again, he mentions the permission. And yeah, he says that there are things that. Um, she would need to be able to fulfill in their eyes. And if she doesn't, then I guess they're not going to get married. We'll see. Um, so then we see him picking up Devin and he is talking to the piggy while on the side, on the subway. And I said, dude, stop it. But he says, you know, it's not easy not having sex. And he says, I don't care that she will probably be jet-lagged because she will be. I'm breaking the bed tonight. Are you really? No, he's not. (laughs) No, he's not. But A for effort. A A for effort for breaking the bed. Or potentially going to break the bed. Anyway. um, So he he says the, the chemistry will be different. Why did I write that? I don't even know. Anyway, so let me see her. And I really liked their meet together. It seemed very genuine. They seemed very happy. He was getting emotional. She was getting emotional. So I'm like, okay, these these two definitely love each other. This this is for real. And um and I noticed that she when she would talk that she wouldn't open her mouth, she would talk like this like her teeth clenched together and I'm just like, do you want to open your mouth or no? <laughs> um so kinda and also on top of that, which I hate I'm so sorry for what I'm about to say, but she also gives me Danielle vibes from Danielle and Mohammed vibes and I'm like 
Oh God, you're too young to be like acting like it's. I mean, see more, but I don't got those vibes from her. And when they were just sitting there in, in the moment, um, and she doesn't like to be called picky. Yeah, think, um, even though she says like I don't think he's trying to be offensive. I'm not offended, but she doesn't really like it. Um, because she did not look happy about getting the piggy from him. Um, she asked him, um, do, do you think like they will like me talking about his family? And he says, I don't really, I don't really have an answer for that question because I don't know. But we got a tiny little sneak peek of them, which was great. Finally, a new couple, finally. Um, but that's basically it for 90 day OG. So next time on, so Jasmine basically says like, there's like a red mark on me and I don't know like where it's coming from. I think it's this house. And then they start yelling at each other because Gino says, well, you had mice in her apartment. And she's like, the fuck you talking about? Don't. Okay. All right. And then we see Closet Mom finally fucking leave. Finally. I've been waiting for this. So we have Closet Mom. And then um, we see Nick's mom is not happy about an American woman potentially going to be marrying her son. We're off to a great start. Nikki and Justin Igor are going to be going to the gym. But guess what, guys? Not his gym. He doesn't want to go to his gym. Because I guess he wants to hide her. I don't know. Um, and then we see that there's going to be some drama between Sophie and Rob, um, because why not? And then it looks like it has nothing to do with kids, <laughs> the kids conversation. So I guess we will see how that goes, but that is the end of 90 day OG for this week. So if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast um and you can rate a review on either apple Podcasts or spotify and i have a new thing that i want to start trying and that is that every four or five star review that we get i'll read it on the podcast so if you want to hear your review on the podcast please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're able to rate and review. Um, and if you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to Reality Tea Times 2 on Facebook, Reality Tea Times 2 Podcast on Instagram or Threads, Reality Tea Times 2 Pod on Twitter. You can also find us on reddit at reality tea times two pod and uh you can also email us at reality tea times two at hotmail.com and don't forget you can find us on youtube at reality tea times two you can also subscribe like comment on there as well we greatly appreciate that And don't forget that I do have another podcast with my friend Mikkel called Next Take Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of different things. 
Um, we currently have, you know, this number can definitely change, but we currently have about eight episodes. Um, roughly we've talked about all kinds of different things. We have a lot of fun over there. So please go take a listen to us over at Next Take Podcast, which you can find us at on YouTube at Next Take Podcast. You can also find us on our website, solo.to forward slash Next Take Podcast. And don't forget, we have a website and that is at solo.to forward slash reality tea times two. And we also have a discord and I believe that's reality tea times two as well. So you can find us there. Um, but that's basically it. That's all the stuff. Of course, everything here will that I've just listed will be in our show notes, all discount codes. Um, Special links to everything that we put in our ads are also in our show notes. And yeah, that's basically it, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find our show notes just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software.